Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, folks. Welcome to a special edition of the show. Uh, just wrapped up uh, the NFL coverage. But I know I'm going to get some uh, snotty comments about the Millie Maker contest, even though it was a two-game slate that Adrian Peterson ended up being in the optimal. So I'm going to address it really quickly and then get into the point that I was going to make. Uh, for this show, it, you know, again, Adrian Peterson ended up in the optimal uh, for the Millie Maker contest with 55 yards rushing. Just because he had two goal line carries, that's how he ended up in the optimal. That is not how you build out a roster hoping that he just falls into the end zone. It just worked out the way that way for the folks that built out the roster uh, construction. Again. Out of the realm of possibility, could it happen? Yes. Was it a remote chance that those uh, three lineups actually hit the Millie Maker uh, with Adrian Peterson in the optimal? Yes. It was very low range po- uh, probability. Uh, I, you know, looking at the uh, results, it, uh, it looked as though that uh, they had at least uh, uh, at a minimum 50 entries uh, between the three winners. So, again, you know, when you're doing uh, tw- uh, 20 bucks a pop for an entry, you know, again, to land on Adrian Peterson the way it ended up, you know, it's it's just not an optimal play. You know, I, 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 I could say it till I'm blue in the face, but it, it doesn't make it any different. You know, it just worked out that way that, uh, you know, uh, it, it just uh, was a case of, uh, you know, from a contest standpoint, it was a low percentage play that panned out and and hit. I mean, it's just that simple. I, you know, I can, you know, from a roster construction standpoint, you know, it's just not an optimal play. But you know, hey, you get you give them credit. <laughs> the, the, the 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 lineups actually. Uh, the three lineups actually hit for the Millie Maker, and uh, yeah, uh, they uh, they split the uh, million dollar price. So each uh, one of them uh, banked the three hundred eighty three thousand dollars. 
I mean, but if you look at the lineup, it was Deshaun Watson, uh, Antonio Gibson, Duke Johnson. Uh, uh, terrible play. <laughs> like Duke Johnson at 37% ownership uh, was a terrible play just from an optics standpoint, uh, you know, heading into that game. But he got the receiving touchdown, and that's what landed him in the winning lineup. But at 37% ownership, he had 17 points, it, you know. He got he got the number, but man, that it's a, a ugly way to get there. And again, Adrian Peterson, seventeen point five, got there on two rushing TDs, fifty five yards rushing. It, it, it's like you're not gonna hit that. It's just like it's just such a low percentage play. How they actually got to uh, the multiple to uh, be in a winning lineup, but hey, they did. But, you know, the build ended up being Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller, and Amari Cooper as your wide receiving core. You know, McLaurin is 68% owned. Will Fuller, 76% owned. And then the difference maker was having Lance Thomas as the tight end. Uh, you know, I was looking at uh, Jordan Aikens as the low percentage play. But Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas was 12% owned. Uh, you know... <laughs> Kind of looking back on it, if I had known Logan Thomas was going to be twelve percent owned, yeah, that that would would have been the play. But you know, projection wise, uh, he was coming in uh, over twenty percent originally. The fact that he ended it ended down at twelve percent, kind of surprising. But hey, you know, uh, lesson learned. Uh, so, sometimes the projections can be off. Uh, uh, on these slates, and uh, it just ended up uh, being the case that, uh, you know, Logan Thomas uh, uh, had lower ownership because uh, the ownership uh, flowed into Hawkinson, and Hawkinson had had a good day. Uh, like, uh, you know, it's not like Hawkinson busted. Hawkinson had about 14 points, but he was over 50% ownership. You know, maybe the Swift news shifted it enough that enough people just uh, gravitated towards Hawkinson. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, the one play that if it hit the Millie Maker that I would have just, like, been unbelievably tilted was the fact that the the second-place finishers were playing Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu had zero catches for the Detroit Lions. Coming into today. Today, he had four catches for 32 yards, a touchdown, and he also got a, a two-point conversion catch for a 15-point score at min price at 3K. Listen, there is no way I could have ever recommended playing Muhammad Sanu, even though he played a couple of games for the Lions already, had zero catches, mind you, Actually producing positive points today. There's no way I was going to recommend Muhammad Sanu. God bless if you played him. But man, again, just very, very low percentage plays. It, it, the, the, those were plays, again, the winning lineup plays, honestly, were plays if you were comfortable just flushing 20 bucks down the toilet. And that's where it kind of panned out. So. Again, I know people are going to ask about, well, why didn't you recommend some of those plays? Because it's just, you know, be prepared to flush that money down the toilet. 
it just so happened that the low percentage play under 1% actually panned out, but that's just not a high quality play whatsoever. So uh, that's just the, the way it goes. But um, yeah, that, that was the slate in a nutshell. So getting into uh, where I was actually going to go with everything is uh, Black Friday uh, and Cyber Monday and, you know, the holiday gift uh, season as it is. You know, obviously with the pandemic and everything going on, it takes on a different meaning this year because, you know, budgets are even more constrained than usual. So I'm not going to go into the massive extravagant uh, electronics displays because it, it just doesn't seem logical this year to be doing big ticket items uh like uh, because even though you've got TV prices coming down for OLED, it just doesn't make a whole ton of sense recommending TV prices above a thousand dollars this year. Uh, you know, if you want other context, there are other sources to kind of go to for that stuff. I'm just kind of focusing on you know things you can do uh, for the holiday season. You know, whether it's for yourself or others, and kind of uh, uh, set things in motion that way. So. Without much further ado, I'm going to actually start the conversation in a different realm than normal, and I'm actually going to talk about the work-from-home environment. So, obviously, with all of us uh, working from home, uh, by and large, in various parts of the country, one of the biggest issues that uh, comes up more often than not are drop calls or uh, you know bad signal connections resulting in dropped Skype or Zoom calls. You know, one area that could be addressed directly. And, you know, I'm just going to point it out is the fact that, you know, the Wi-Fi connections can be very spotty depending on which part of the house you're at. So one uh, device that I would highly recommend would be a Wi-Fi extender. Uh, The one of the more popular brands that I think, uh, you know, I recommend for most uh, folks, would be Netgear's Orbi Mesh Wi-Fi system. Uh, you know, not a plug-in the company specifically, but you know they've uh, they've been it's been pretty consistent uh, uh, from all the different brands I've used over the years uh, in terms of being uh, more user friendly than uh, most systems. It, it's uh, it's definitely one where you can kind of uh, uh, take uh, uh, take this as a, a system that, uh, you know, reliably wise, reliability wise, uh, it's actually uh, uh, pretty stable. So, you know, I would say uh, by and large, uh, you know, doing the investments in the Wi-Fi system is uh, your best bet uh, in terms of uh, boosting the, the, the normal reception that you've gotten around in your home system. So, uh, the Netgear Orbi system, uh, you know, if you're doing this for the home office, you know, and again, these are pre- these are items that are, uh, again, more focused on in terms of home office uh, layout for personal use. Uh, uh, you can definitely uh, uh, get a smaller uh, system, but uh, in terms of the lower tier version, uh, you can get the mesh Wi-Fi system from Amazon or Walmart or Target uh, with Warby. 
the the uh, the basic three pack system that's going to cover up to about four thousand square feet in your apartment or home. Uh, that system's going to run you uh, for a three pack. Uh, that's going to run you about one hundred and fifty dollars on sale. Uh, some places you can get it for uh, one eighty if it's uh, if you can't get the flash sale. Uh, and obviously, everything I'm stressing here is going to be online because, again, in the middle of a pandemic, I'm not having uh, I'm not going to throw out suggestions for folks that are going to require you to go inside of a store at this present time. So I would say for a, a baseline system, uh, the uh, mesh Wi-Fi system uh, that's on the uh, basic network that's going to run you about a gigabyte uh, Wi-Fi speed and it's going to be capable for most. Uh, home office users, uh, that system you can get for, uh, you know, all in about uh, uh, 200 bucks, including tax. Now, for the higher end uh, customers that are doing a lot of, and again, th- these would be, uh, and you know who you are, if you're doing a lot of video calls from your home, in your office, or if you've got a number of family members that are gaming and you, and you're de- dealing with uh, children that are doing, uh, you know, learning from home during the day while you're doing video conferencing, that ends up taking more of a strain on your Wi-Fi network than uh you would actually understand. And part of the reason why you're getting drop calls is because your Wi-Fi system uh, throughput uh, throughput wise, unless it's a, every computer's hardwired through ethernet, uh, your Wi-Fi system's not going to be able to handle that many users doing video streaming. And this tends to be the case with the remote learning uh, aspect. The remote learning uh, ends up straining most Wi-Fi systems uh, leading to uh, some of the poor quality. So I would say, you know, the higher end Orbi system, uh, the one that's going to be capable of handling up to four, uh, four gigabyte speed, you know, that higher tier system is, is going to be a Wi-Fi is the Wi-Fi mesh, uh, a six system. Now the best pricing on that one I've seen is actually through, uh, Costco, uh, so I've seen Costco have the higher tier uh, home mesh uh, Wi-Fi six six system, the three pack for four hundred and thirty dollars. Yes, it's a lot more expensive, uh, but this is again why I mentioned the two tiers. Uh, that one covers a wider range, uh, up to seventy five hundred feet, but it's actually handling multiple devices, so that's up to forty devices. And again, it's a higher gigabyte speed. And again, this is more when you know for a fact you've got multiple people in the household that are going to be on video type call systems. And again, the most likely culprits of this would be uh, your children uh, remote learning and just kind of looking at the teacher. And that's one of the bigger strains from a home Wi-Fi system that, again, it's not the easiest thing to manage. So with this system, that that's going to be covering 
you know, uh, like I said, 7,500 feet. So you're basically covering uh, eight, eight to nine rooms uh, in a home as opposed to uh, three or four with the other system uh, based off of, uh, you know, the uh, uh, half, uh, half square footage uh, in terms of the broadcast range. You know, again, though, if you've got a big house, you know, these are uh, part of the reasons why you're seeing uh, your Wi-Fi systems fail. Uh, Unless you're going to hardwire an Ethernet system throughout your home, these are the things you have to start uh, taking into account. So, uh, like I said, uh, from a Wi-Fi standpoint, that's one of the first things I would tackle first if you're seeing or having issues with your internet connection, more than likely it's your Wi-Fi not actually uh, your signal dropping off because uh, your router only extends so far throughout the home, and then it's just not picking up uh, areas that it should. So unless you're directly hooked up your uh, PC setup through the router itself, hardwiring it, uh, that's something you should definitely be contemplating uh, in terms of upgrading your system uh, from the outset. All right, next up, uh, getting to your hardware. And one of the more critical issues is the fact that, you know, everyone's using a keyboard and mouse. Uh, you know, if you're still using your laptop, keyboard, and mouse pad, God bless if you're doing it that way. Uh, But uh, working directly from your laptop eight hours a day, uh, five to six days a week, I just don't find that to be conducive. So at a certain point, uh, you're you're better off uh, looking into uh, having uh, a monitor set up. Uh, You know, there are a number of different TVs that are capable of having your uh, laptop plugged into them uh, just to have uh, access uh, to uh, a a larger monitor screen. Even if you didn't want to buy, you know, you can pick up uh, a a 19-inch monitor or uh, a 27-inch monitor for under $200 uh, through various retailers uh, this season. Uh, You know, even with the pandemic, uh, the monitor prices haven't been the sticking point in terms of hardware sales. I'll get to what has been a sticking point uh, shortly, uh, but uh, working directly off of the laptop alone, uh, that is more uh, conducive to long-term issues, whether it be ergonomic-wise or just uh, sitting and straining, uh, uh, just looking down at the screen, just uh, generating poor posture, you know, just working straight off the laptop uh, multiple hours is just not a good long-term plan. So I, I definitely look at that area. From a peripheral standpoint, uh, you know, one thing I would say is, you know, getting the keyboard uh, away from uh, the laptop uh, one suggestion I would uh, say is the Logitech K400 wireless keyboard. It has your standard keyboard, also has a built-in touchpad. So again, you know, getting away from just using the laptop keyboard, you have wireless keyboard. The dongle uh, receiver uh, is compatible with uh, both PC and Mac. 
you you, uh, you could uh, plug that into your laptop. You run the HDMI cable from your laptop to whatever input device, whether it's going to be a uh, PC monitor uh, that you bought or uh, hooking up to one of your TVs uh, that has uh, uh output that supports uh, 1080p or 4k you know that to me is a better work from home arrangement setup than you know trying to work directly off your laptop off of a kitchen table it's just you know it's less uh it's less optimal you can do it that way but you know there are ways uh, like i said with kind of getting the touch keyboard and, uh, you know, as I said, uh, perusing Staples or Office Depot for monitor sales, you can definitely get a, a decent monitor available on sale with an HDMI out uh, port for under 130 bucks uh, for uh, an upgrade of your monitor that's going to be larger than the laptop screen you're uh, currently looking at. So with that being said, you know, you at least cover uh, the sit-down option. You already talked about the Wi-Fi network. So at least you've upgraded your work-from-home space uh, uh, from a sitting standpoint. Uh, the other aspect that uh, you can start taking a look at, obviously everyone's uh, uh, talking up uh, the fact that uh, you, know, you can do sit-stand desks and... Uh, desk converters, you know, there are pros and cons, so I'm not going to go too far into that uh, realm of possibility, but it's definitely something that you can consider as well uh, as you, as part of your work-from-home setup. Uh, one other thing I will actually say, uh, you know, talking about the work-from-home setup, if you're unsure about your router speeds and uh, things of that nature uh you don't actually have to use the uh supplied router uh from your cable provider if you don't want to uh you know unless you actually have a quantum uh supported router like uh files will tell you if your router is quantum uh supported or not if you call them up and ask and give them your router serial number but you know if your router can't support uh, range boosting, uh, I would absolutely say, you know, as part of your uh, internet package, you're probably con- uh, being constrained by your router as well. So in addition to the Wi-Fi ne- uh, mesh network, you might want to check out uh, uh, a router upgrade as well. If uh, you've got you've had your router for more than three years there's more than likely uh, overdue for an upgrade. To that end, I would say if you do need a uh, router upgrade, uh, there is uh, a router deal that I would recommend. Uh, again, this one is from Costco, uh, but uh, you know you can't buy it at other uh, retails. It's just going to cost you a little bit more. But it is the TP-Link Archer C4000. Yeah, I know it's a a mouthful talking about <laughs> that, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, so the C4000 from TP Archer, that will run you uh, $100 at Costco. 
Uh, it's uh, more expensive at uh, some of the other retailers, but uh, it's on sale at Costco. Normally, it retails for about 180 bucks, but that router is more than powerful enough. Again, like I said, uh, to address uh, some of uh, uh, the broadcasting issues. Now, again, having a top-of-the-line router is not necessarily going to... Uh, absolve you of everything if you've got a large house uh it will it it will take care of uh a one to two bedroom apartment but if you got more bedrooms than that that's where uh you know you're gonna need that mesh wi-fi system so again you gotta kind of uh sort out you know what your uh home situation your layout is in terms of the internet because again with the work from home it's even more of a paramount to kind of uh, uh put an emphasis on your internet uh broadcast just to kind of make sure that you're uh staying connected and you don't have uh, disruptions throughout the day because skype and zoom are prone to failing but if your internet connection isn't quite up to snuff uh that's uh more than likely going to be the bottleneck is uh, going to be the router you're using. So uh, just to kind of uh, bear that in mind. So uh, now that I kind of uh, gotten out of the way there, uh, you know, we could talk about uh, webcams, you know, pretty much most ra- uh, laptop webcams would be sufficient. Uh, but if you're needing to buy a separate webcam because you're, Hooking up uh, through monitors or TVs, I would always say the Logitech C920 uh, uh, from Logitech, obviously. uh, But uh, a number of those uh, cameras are going to run you less than 70 bucks uh, when on sale. Uh, That's more than enough to kind of take care of uh, your broadcasting needs uh, and kind of go from there. So uh, just... uh, kind of things to keep in mind. So uh, now that we kind of covered the work from home situation, kind of going into uh, gift ideas that you can uh, look at as well. Uh, You know, I'll start off with uh, the Amazon uh, uh, streaming devices. So uh, Amazon's running a deal and, and just kind of bear in mind, there are multiple variations of the Amazon fire stick now but the one that you should be focusing on is the amazon fire stick 4k uh not just because it's the 4k version because it's also the newest version that amazon's rolled out in terms of the model uh they upgraded some of the hardware the fire stick so the uh, the fire stick 4k is actually the equivalent uh processing wise of what the uh amazon fire tv second generation was which was if you recall the uh, uh, aluminum box version, uh, Amazon then came out with the Amazon Cube. Uh, but technically, the Amazon Fire Stick 4K is just as fast processing-wise as the Amazon Cube. So if you're buying the Amazon Cube, uh, just so you know, you're not getting a better processor or video player than the Amazon Fire Stick. It's just that the Cube has more voice control functions with Alexa built in as opposed to the Fire Stick 4K. So for streaming purposes, it's definitely cheaper buying Fire Stick 4K 
and Amazon's cutting the price of the Fire Stick 4K uh, through Best Buy, Amazon. Uh, Target also has it, but uh, the more reasonable sales have been found through Amazon and Best Buy, at least from an availability standpoint. So uh, the Fire Stick 4K usually runs you 50 bucks. It's down to 30 uh, during uh, this uh, holiday season. Uh, I would strongly recommend the Fire Stick 4K uh, for 30 bucks. Uh, you know, the Roku devices, the Roku Ultra is also another streaming platform you can use. You know, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Uh, the Fire Sticks uh, built into the Amazon ecosystem. If you're an Amazon Prime customer, I would say by all means go with the Fire Stick 4K as an option. If for some reason you're not an Amazon Prime customer already, then Roku probably makes a little bit more sense just because you've got more variety in programming you can watch through Roku without having to have a subscription to a service as opposed to Amazon where it's kind of leading you towards uh, buying more into the Amazon ecosystem. But Amazon Prime just has a ton of... uh, programming and uh, uh, videos that you can uh, stream uh, built in, into your Amazon Prime membership. So by and large, if you're an Amazon Amazon Prime customer, it just makes more sense uh, getting a Fire Stick 4K, in my opinion, than a Roku device. But you can also get a Roku device as well. It's also got a very well built out platform. The Roku, uh, from a sales uh, perspective, uh, the best deals I've seen on uh, the Roku has been uh, also uh, kind of tied to uh, Amazon, to be honest. Uh, uh, I've seen a couple of places uh, do it, but I've actually seen more deals from Amazon. I've also seen uh, the Roku Ultra, which is their 4K version. Uh, I've seen it on sale at Kohl's, uh, believe it or not. Uh uh, Kohl's is getting more into electronic uh, streaming uh, than anything else. Uh, now, why would I recommend Roku uh, Ultra? Uh, there's a couple of different versions, but the Roku Ultra has the Dol- uh, Dolby surround sound uh, included in terms of uh, the streaming capabilities, uh, which is a bit of a step up because uh, the Amazon Fire uh uh, the Amazon Fire uh, Stick 4K doesn't necessarily offer uh, uh, the uh, the Dolby uh, the Dolby Audio uh, backing, so you know it at least gives you a, a step up in that regard. But uh, in terms of uh, uh, it, it's more of the I would say it's actually more of a pass through option in terms of uh uh the actual uh amazon of fire stick 4k whereas with the roku ultra uh the reason why it's uh it's a little bit uh more of a i don't want to say necessarily marketing wise because uh for those of you who have uh the full uh surround sound uh status uh, the Roku Ultra uh, will give you access to the Dolby Vision, 
So, again, like I said, if you've got a full stereo setup, the Roku Ultra technically is uh, the best buy because that's the only streaming device that's actually integrated. If you don't actually know what uh, Dolby Vision is, chances are you probably don't already have it. So, uh, in that regard, you can uh, take the step down and just do the Dolby Premiere. Uh, and the Dolby uh, Premiere is only going to run you 25 bucks, and you can pick that up. Uh, on Amazon uh, uh, directly, uh, which is, I always find ironic, is that Amazon, uh, for as much as people uh, may say that it's anti-competitive, a lot of the deals are still going to be through Amazon than anything else. But, you know, that's, I find humor in that. But uh, I know some folks uh, in Congress disagree uh, on that regard. But uh, from a streaming platform standpoint, I would say uh, you've got you've got options uh, with uh, uh, the Roku Premiere as well as the Amazon Fire Stick uh, 4K, uh, and then the Ultra. Again, you can get on sale for seventy. Uh, the Roku Premiere, like I said, twenty five, and then the Amazon Fire Stick 4K uh, that will run you uh, uh, thirty bucks uh, while it's on sale before it goes back up to fifty. Uh, the Roku Premiere usually runs you about forty. The uh, Roku Ultra, uh, you can get it on sale for seventy, but normally that retails for a hundred. So again, different price points, different savings. Uh, but uh, you know, during this uh, uh, cu- next couple of days, uh, you can definitely check out. Uh, most of those sales are, are going to be happening on Amazon. Uh, you should also see them on Best Buy. And then for the Roku Ultra, uh, Amazon is price matching Kohl's. So uh, you should be able to see, uh, get access to uh, uh, the uh, the sale at 70 on Amazon as well. So again, just uh, different things to uh, bear in mind uh, as you kind of uh, peruse the various streaming options uh in that regard for uh gift ideas all right so talked about uh some of uh the streaming ideas uh let's talk about from a gaming perspective there's a lot of talk because of uh video games uh there was uh two big releases between uh the uh PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. I'm going to be blunt as much as possible. Adopting early video game uh, hardware is almost a lose-lose situation because there's usually uh, hardware bugs that they're sorting out with the first batches. Uh, If you want to be an early adopter, by all means, you can do so. But you're not going to get much in the way of sales. Uh, we've already seen uh, the market be bought up by scalpers with uh, help of electronics buying up uh, consoles uh, because the Xbox Series X uh, will run you uh, a little north of four hundred bucks. Uh, the PS5, uh, the dis, the digital version, uh, which does not include a hard, uh, does not include an ability to play uh, software discs. Uh, you have to download every purchase with the digital version of the PS5. That will run you 400 bucks. 
if you want to be able to play uh, Blu-ray uh, uh, discs and also games off of the disc drive, that version of the PS5 is going to run you five hundred dollars uh, before you even get to taxes. Like I said, you're not going to get much in the way of discounts, and m- more often than not, the scalpers are already going to beat you to uh, the pricing online because they're using uh, scripts and various other measures uh, to do the shopping online and kind of beat you to it. Now, if you want to pay for a waiting service to wait in line and pick up certain devices for you, you can certainly do so. It's just, uh, you know, you're going to pay more money for that. And some of those services are going to run you another 40 to 60 bucks. I mean, again, that's up to you, but that's not necessarily saving you any deals. The one thing I would suggest from, you know, those of you looking to uh, buy something gaming wise, uh, I'll actually throw out a different suggestion, which I wasn't necessarily thinking of, but I think it might be uh, somewhat worthwhile to explore. The option that I am talking about is actually Google Stadia. Now, some of you may be wondering, what in the world is Google Stadia? Well, Google actually launched its own video game service and computer game service a little over a year ago now. Uh, Google Stadia is not console-based. Google basically built out a platform to do web-based game streaming uh, through either any computer that's capable of uh, launching Google Chrome or uh, if you wanted to hook up a Chromecast Ultra to pair with uh, a wireless controller uh, to play on a TV. But basically, you could just play this through a computer uh, all the same uh, instead of having to use the Chromecast with your TV. So, again, there is flexibility. Now, this is where folks uh, kind of look at it saying, what's the catch? The catch is, obviously, you need to have internet speed uh, capable of supporting 1080p and 4K graphics uh, uh, because this is going to be game streaming uh, because there's no physical hardware or software locally on your machine uh, for these games. So that's where... Uh, it's different from what you would typically see from Sony or Microsoft in that it's just streaming various games. And the the games available for Google Stadia are some of the mainstream titles that you would see with some of the consoles. So you'll see uh, the Assassin's Creed type of games. You'll see NBA 2K. You'll see PGA uh, games. You'll uh, basically kind of come across the Doom games. Uh, some of uh, the football manager, uh, you know, they're, they definitely have a, a various mix of 3D games, the Mortal Kombat uh, uh, series. Uh, so there are games. Uh, they also had Destiny 2. Uh, so, and also Red Dead Redemption 2, which just came out not that long ago to be actually, it's a little over a year ago uh, now, now that I think about it. But, uh, because uh, that was the big launch for the holiday season last year. But again, these are uh, top-tier titles that Google actually lined up for Stadia that 
again, you don't actually need a physical console, and the graphics are just as good, if not better, than uh, what you would see with uh, Microsoft and Sony. So why, again, is the divide? And part of it is tied to the fact that you need the internet connection. So as I said, uh, from the router, uh, uh, Wi-Fi booster with the mesh network, you do need a top-tier system to kind of do that and also an internet plan that's not going to throttle you so uh you know there are things to keep in mind but by and large if you had a child that was already gaming technically they're probably already having your internet system that's up to speed with uh uh google what's google stadia needs anyway and instead of paying four and five hundred dollars for a new console you might want to look into Google Stadia because one of the big launches that's coming to Stadia uh, in less than two weeks is Cyberpunk 2077, which is the big console release uh, that's going to be competing on the latest Xbox and uh, and PS5 systems. Uh, Cyberpunk 2020, uh, 2077, uh, basically it's like, um, uh, uh, <laughs> how did I... I would say it's the typical open-world adventure game, uh, kind of uh, along the lines of the Grand Theft Auto-type uh, series, except it's based in this uh, cyber world, and uh, the big calling card to it is that it's uh, it's uh, technology-based, uh, but in terms of the acting, they got uh, Keanu Reeves to play one of the main characters, so that was one of the hook uh, for the series in that, you know, you got Keanu Reeves kind of doing uh, his own uh, spin on the Morpheus character as you're guiding your character through this uh, cybernetic world. But that's supposed to be the, the big uh, fall uh, uh, console mover for the next gen systems. So it's coming out for Xbox, Xbox X, uh, uh, the PS4, the PS5. So it's coming out for all the next-gen systems, but it's also releasing for Google Stadia the at the exact same time, and instead of paying the $500 plus uh, for some of the consoles, you could actually pre-order uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and with the pre-order for 70 bucks, it's also going to... Uh, the deal that's currently out there for Google Stadia, because they're trying to sell more of these units... Uh, it's going to give you the Stadia Premiere version that includes a controller and the Chromecast Ultra. So you have basically because the the, uh, the the Stadia controller sells for seventy, the Chromecast Ultra will actually run you a hundred bucks normally on sale. You could get it for seventy. So to be able to get the a Stadia Premiere Edition uh, just by pre-ordering uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Is actually a discount. They're basically giving away the game for free just to get people more in line with Google Stadia. You know, is this a sign that Stadia is not doing as well with customers? Possibly. But, you know, if you've got a teenage kid and they want to play uh, uh, the the game and you don't want to necessarily have to fork over 500 plus bucks in this economy at the moment, and like I said, early adopters of next-gen systems... It's not a smart play. I would say you should be taking up uh, Google on this offer because, hey, you know, if it doesn't work out, at least they get to play the game for a while. 
they beat it, and then you sell the Google Stadia, the controller, and the Chromecast, and you actually make a profit off the deal. I'm just saying. It, it makes more sense going that route for the holiday season than anything else. So, uh, you know, again, if you uh, search Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Google Stadia, uh, the pre-order offer is still going on. It releases on December 10th. And like I said, that to me is the uh, electronic gaming item if you wanted to sell something. And again, you could just pre-order it. The kid doesn't have to know about the uh, the game being on there. You could put in the parental restrictions regardless, and then you could have them uh, play some other games uh, on the system instead with the controller. I'm just saying it just makes a whole lot more sense uh, going that route as opposed to just paying uh, uh, for a brand new console system altogether uh, if they're looking for the next generation graphics because most PCs are going to be running just as good, if not better graphics than what you're going to be seeing on the consoles, which are basically stripped down versions of uh, PC machines anyway. So just food for thought, folks. So with that out of the way, let's get to the TVs. And like I said, I was going at it from a different perspective this year, just seeing the best budget items that I've seen across the spectrum of uh, different categories of TV. So uh, for a bedroom type of set, uh, the first one that I would start off with is, uh, you know, there is a 50 inch insignia based Amazon Fire TV uh, uh, for, for uh, that's the 4K version of the Fire TV, a 50 inch uh, TV set on sale at Best Buy for $150 that you can purchase online. Again, 50-inch TV set, 4K, built in with the Amazon ecosystem. If you're a Prime customer, this is a no-brainer. If you've got uh, parents or folks that are looking for a bedroom set uh, that you're trying to get an electronic gift set for, this would be a no-brainer purchase uh, for them. Or if you're looking for uh, a a backup TV set, you know, again, it's not, it's not going to have all the uh, key features that you're looking for, but it is going to have basic streaming capabilities uh, through Amazon fire. Uh, and again, it's a 4k TV set for under 200 bucks. Uh, and at 50 inches, a decent size for a bedroom TV. You could do a lot worse uh, for uh, 150 bucks uh, at Best Buy. So to me, that, uh, is the budget uh, TV uh, price uh, that I would recommend uh, for folks uh, to go after if uh, you know they want to uh, try to get something that's uh, affordable at, while at the same time uh, uh, a nice uh, a picture quality set uh, with a streaming capability. So I, I would look at the Insignia. Uh, Amazon Fire TV uh, 50 inch set at Best Buy for 150 bucks. Uh, that I would expect to sell out relatively quickly, given uh, how uh, how uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the the price point is uh, at that point, uh, given the size. So uh, that one I expect to be a pretty uh, hot ticket item uh, being sold online. So if you don't buy it online early. 
I could see that one selling out within the next uh, uh, couple of days, uh, you know, uh, within the next uh, uh, 24 to 48 hours. And then maybe it pops back up on Cyber Monday. But uh, uh, definitely I I would see that one uh, going by the wayside relatively quickly. Next up uh, in a slightly higher price range. That would be Samsung's new budget line model. Uh, they usually alternate uh, between NU and MU over the years. Uh, now they've actually gone to a different designation, uh, the TU. So it, it, it so the Samsung model number is a UN, and they'll put in the size, and then it's TU seven thousand. So. Uh, Usually it's like MU sixty nine or sixty three. Like they have different designations, um, but uh, usually it's the U that gives it away. But the TU seven thousand is uh, currently the holiday budget line that Samsung's been going with. And again, these are pretty solid TVs. So uh, what you're actually seeing in different size ranges, uh, you'll see the fifty five inch version of this uh, TU7000 go for about 380 and it's uh, uh it's at uh, Best Buy, uh, Walmart and Target uh they've all been in that 380 range for the 50 uh the 55 inch set. Uh the 65 inch version uh are is also retailing for $478. Now Again, uh, this is on the budget line. Um, so, you know, uh, typically what you would see with uh, the budget lines is that the blacks aren't as black as they could be with the top end uh, line. Uh, you know, so sometimes in terms of darkness uh, for movies, you, it'll be more noticeable uh, with uh, scenes that really should be on the darker side, not being as dark. Um, and then the refresh rates for particularly, this comes up a lot with, uh, sports and, uh, certain action movies as well. Uh, but a lot of times it ends up being sports. Uh, it's uh, not, it it doesn't refresh as quickly. So, uh, you can kind of spot, uh, where some of the degradation, uh, occurs. Now, again, I kind of look at it from the standpoint of, you know, for the price range, these are very solid sets. Uh, nothing wrong with them at all. And, you know, by and large, this should suit uh, most customers uh, in terms of what they're looking for for an all-around model uh, that uh, kind of uh, fits the bill. So, you know, that's where I would kind of put in the recommendation. Samsung has done a pretty good job of nailing the mid-range uh, the, the other company I would always say, uh, is a reasonable to kind of uh, contemplate as well is TCL. They've also been very good with, uh, uh, their, um, their models. Uh, so currently, uh, the TCL five series, uh, for 2020, uh, uh, works out uh, pretty well in terms of, uh, uh, their pricing. Now, the TCL 5 series, uh, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than the Samsung model, which is a change, because usually it's the other way around, where you got the Samsung model that's more expensive and not as good as the TCL model, 
so if you want a slightly better version of what you're getting uh, in terms of uh, picture quality than Samsung, I would look towards the TCL5 series uh, for uh, instead of the TU7000. So the TCL5 series for 2020, uh, this would be the uh, uh, S535 is usually the model that uh, retails uh, for the 2020 edition. Uh, so you'll see S4, but this is the S535. So the 50-inch uh, will run you $400 uh, on uh, most uh, sites. So uh, Best Buy, Amazon also had it. I didn't see it on Walmart this year, which was a l- little surprising, but I, I could have just missed it. Um, but uh, the sales price has been uh, $400. The 55-inch will run you... 450 so you know realistically difference between the 50 and the uh, 55 inch is 50 bucks you know unless space is an issue uh you know the the five inches does uh make a difference uh, in terms of uh, tv uh viewing uh you know unless it's a it's bedroom set and you don't have as much room uh for the living room uh 55 inches would be a preferable range to kind of go towards so uh, that would be my recommendation. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, the price point difference is, uh, you know, the Samsung model is nearly a hundred dollars uh, cheaper than the TCL model, which again, like I said, is a strange occurrence that usually Samsung has more expensive TV with lesser quality. This go around. They at least decided to price it underneath the TCL, which was a smart move. All right, moving things along. For those of you who are looking for large-scale TVs, so uh, obviously we're talking uh, 70 inches uh, and beyond. You know, the prices have come down uh, to the extent where now you can actually have those TVs for under 1000 So the two... Items that I would point your direction to, again, keeping things within a reasonable budget. Uh, Costco actually has a 70-inch uh, Vizio set, the V705, for $480. Uh, you know, the Vizio sets, uh, the V series is their budget range, uh, but uh, from an HDR standpoint... Uh, it's actually performed uh, extremely well from uh, ratings and a number of other sources. So uh, that's actually uh, one of the uh, models I would consider uh, at 70 inches. Uh, it is, uh, uh, you know, a, s- a very large TV set. So, again, these are the living room sets, uh, I would say, uh, to uh, give consideration towards uh, beyond anything else. Uh, because, you know, at that at that size, you still want to have uh, somewhat decent picture quality uh, for a set that large. And, you know, uh, the V series for Vizio would be comparable to what you would see out of that Samsung range that I had talked about. So, again, uh, you know, with the Samsungs, uh, the 55 inch was uh, uh, around uh, just under 400 bucks. Uh, you got a 70 inch set uh, from Vizio with uh, s- similar graphics. Uh, uh, quality uh, going to run you uh, 480 for 70 inch set. So again, depending on what you're looking for, uh, I would say that's the budget model I would look at 
in terms of uh, in terms of that seventy inch range, and then at the seventy five inch range, uh, the model that uh, popped up last year and is back again this year would be uh, the seventy five inch Hisense. Uh, 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 G model. So this year it is uh, the six uh, six five ten G uh, H. Uh, so H uh, sixty five ten uh, G series. Even though it's a seventy five inch, uh, Hisense had as a weird nomenclature because normally you would think that it'd be saying seventy five in that model number as opposed to sixty five but uh it's actually the way they broke it up is seventy five h sixty five ten g it's a very long <laughs> model number uh compared to most uh, uh t v sets but that seventy five inch high sense model uh will run you six hundred bucks uh you know what are the drawbacks uh you know it's not built in with amazon fire or roku it's uh, it's powered by uh, Google Assistant and Alexa, though. But uh, from a setting standpoint, apparently it does have HDR10. Uh, so from a feature standpoint, from graphics, uh, this uh, actually is uh, pretty decent. Now, uh, it it does suffer from a little bit more input lag than most other TVs. So it's not necessarily a great gaming TV. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it will be in that budget range again, if you're looking for a large scale TV, uh, but, uh, again, not trying to break the budget, uh, you know, this is where I would land if you needed that larger scale TV without going well over a thousand dollars. Uh, you know, this one will get you at 600 bucks for a 75 inch, uh, uh, set, uh, you know, Hard to kind of go wrong there, uh, but uh, you know, there are a couple other different models. Uh, I know LG has uh, one of their budget models for six fifty. Uh, I, I I think my, by and large uh, the reviews for the high sense have been a little bit better, uh, so I would just give the nod to the high sense uh, model at Best Buy. So that's where things stand from a TV standpoint. Uh, couple of things I actually wanted to get to as well before I close out uh, the Black Friday edition of the podcast here. Uh, from a phone standpoint, I know everyone, uh, you know, if you're buying uh, iPhones, you know, this need not apply to you. But if you're okay with using Android phones uh, and you're seeing all these ads for 5G, the two models that I would take a closer look at uh would be as the Samsung models. So uh, the first is the Samsung, and you've seen more uh, uh, commercials for this model. So this is one that I think more people are going to be familiar with, is the uh, Samsung S20 FE edition. So uh, that's Samsung Galaxy S20 FE 5e uh, 5g edition uh rather uh so samsung basically uh took their uh, galaxy s20 phone made a 5g version for it and basically slapped on a new uh designation to separate it uh, calling it the uh uh the fe so what does the fe stand for 
it stands for fan edition. So, uh, why is this the model to look at? You know, obviously you have the note phones and, uh, you know, a couple other variations that are 5g compatible. What stands out for the, uh, FE edition? It's the refresh rate being at 120, uh, Hertz, uh, you know, you know, that, that's one of the stand standpoints. Uh, but is that really a noticeable difference? Not really, but you know, on those premium phones, uh, you know, that's where, uh, they've been touting, uh, the refresh rates, uh, above all else, uh, being, uh, uh, the difference maker. It's really, you know, if you're asking me, uh, the, uh, the refresh rate at being 120 Hertz as opposed to 90 Hertz, you're not going to see enough of a difference in my opinion, uh, that's going to separate it. But from a speed standpoint, a processor standpoint, uh, that S20 FE edition, there is not much of a drop off from that phone to what you get out of the Samsung uh, Note phone. So to me, uh, I would say unless you're seeing a, a cheap deal for uh, the Note phones that also are offering 5G, uh I mean, the truth of the matter is that uh, when the Samsung uh, Note 20 uh, got originally priced at a thousand, that was just that was nonsense. Uh, like it, it, basically that phone should be priced at around 650 and on sale for 500, which, uh, you know, isn't going to happen uh, for quite some time. But uh, that's, uh, you know, really where the Note phones were probably should have been at um and i'll get to the uh, note 20 uh, phone uh, soon enough but uh, uh the uh, galaxy s20 fe edition uh screen size wise 6.7 inches uh you know got uh, all the features that you're looking for uh the only thing that uh you know you're going to be missing out on is the fact that Oh, actually, it's a 6.5-inch screen. I, I should say that. Uh, I, I gave it a few more inches. But the only thing you're going to be missing out on is not having the SD card uh, slot on the FE edition, which was a strange omission, in my opinion. But uh, it it may have something to do with uh, the other phone I'm going to talk about uh, shortly as well. Um, but, um, you know, uh, the FE edition is going to run you... Uh, just north of uh, $500, uh, and, you know, it's uh, usually it's anywhere from $550 to $600. Uh, it, you know, the $600 price tag was what it launched at. Uh, the $550 is what it uh, usually has been going on sale for uh, uh, that I could see on uh, Black Friday. Uh, so... I think that's uh, kind of where that price point is is going to stick with. Um, but, uh, you know, again, the uh, the phone itself, uh, processor-wise, it's uh, the equivalent of the Note 25 G. So, again, you're not you're not getting much of a drop off uh, uh, with the release. It's just that the Note phones were mispriced this year. 
The Ultra is way too expensive, in my opinion. I, you know, I can't justify $1,200, $1,400 for a cell phone. Uh, and the Note itself, uh, you know, just, again, overpriced in terms of the Note uh, uh, for where it originally came in at. So uh, just, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so that's where things kind of stood. It's it, like the price... Uh, the price point uh, being under six hundred bucks uh, makes it different uh, compared to uh, some of these other systems. Uh, so, the other phone that I'm going to bring up, and I think this is the most accessible phone in the market today that's five G compatible, is the Samsung A71 5G. What makes the A71 5G stand out? 6.7 inches, so it's the same size as the Galaxy Note 20 5G. Uh, same screen size uh, from uh, a resolution standpoint. It's the exact same resolution as both the Samsung Note 20 5G and the S20 FE edition. So, same resolution. Uh, the processor speed is a slight downgrade but not significantly enough that you're going to, most people are going to notice it, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so where, where did, uh, the Samsung save cut some corners to bring, uh, the price down? Cause I'll get to the price at the very end. Cause that's where you're going to see the biggest difference. Um, the a 71 5g, uh, literally is, uh, uh, your downgrades are going to be coming from the fact that uh, the camera uh, system is a little bit less uh, uh, less uh, comprehensive because both the uh, S20 FE edition and the Note 20 uh, uh, versions of the camera had a 12 megapixel telephoto lens and the ultra wide lens uh, for their cameras the difference between the a71 compared to those phones is the fact that there is no telephoto lens on the camera it's just the ultra wide lens that's basically it so you know if you really love the uh, camera quality of the uh, the Note 10 version you want to upgrade to Note 20. The FE edition of the S20 uh, covers that as well, but the A71, you know, won't have that. The other thing the A71 doesn't have is wireless charging, uh, but it does have the 45 uh, uh, the 45 uh, me- uh, mega amp uh, battery. Uh, you know, I just think that with the fast charging, it's faster than wireless charging anyway. So realistically, the fast charging via cable is still going to bear out more than the wireless key charging you're going to get. Now, yeah, you can do wireless charging with some of these other phones. But as I said, you know, more often than not, if you're out out and about, wireless charging isn't going to do much for you anyway. So you're you're going to be plugging it into uh, a wall socket regardless of whatever whatever charging station's there. So to me, I, I think it's a moot point, the fact that it doesn't have wireless charging. But why I think 
most people should be gravitating towards the A71 5G is the fact that the A71 5G is only going to run you 350 normally and for Black Friday pricing I've seen it as low as 200 bucks and with a trade in with Samsung you can get that phone for free uh depending on uh, the value of the trade in that you're making so to me I just kind of look at it from the standpoint of why would I not make a move to get the at least the A715 5G for 200 bucks with a trade in of just basically any Android smartphone. Uh, Samsung's not particularly focused on it. They're just trying to get some sales of the budget model. You know, you can trade in uh, a cheap phone and get the A71 5G for a little over 200 bucks. To me, that's a no brainer as opposed to paying thousands for a new phone. And you get 5G uh, capabilities with the phone because it, it will be able to access. Uh, the phone networks that have the 5G spectrum. You know, again, depending on what you're looking to do, uh, you know, it, it could be different circumstances, but that's a uh, way to play it. The other way that came across my desk is the fact that uh, the Galaxy Note 25 5G is on sale, but this uh, time it's actually through Google Fi. What is Google Fi? Again, Google launched their own cell phone service. For those of you who are uninitiated, uh, Google Fi uh, basically is about two years old now. Uh, They charge you by the uh, gigabyte that you're using on the cell service. So, again, it's usually not as great uh, a service for folks that are data uh, driven uh, me- uh, hogs when it comes to their cell phone data. But given the pandemic, with everyone being home and using Wi-Fi, that doesn't really play much of a factor for uh, Google Fi users. So with a number port in with Google Fi, you can actually purchase the Galaxy Note 25G for $500 on Google Fi right now with the sale that's going on. That's a discount from the obviously it's a thousand dollar phone being priced half off for five hundred bucks just for porting in a, a, a you know one of your cell phone lines over to Google Fi. To me, it's at least something to uh, try. It's an unlocked phone. You just have to be using the Google Fi service for ninety days. You know, with the winter coming up. We're not necessarily traveling all that much. Uh, using the Google Fi service for 90 days uh, and seeing how it goes and then, you know, being able to kind of leave the service and do whatever you want with the Galaxy Note uh, phone for 500 bucks as opposed to 1000 To me, that's a reasonable trade-off. It, and, you know, like I said, it, it works out better than the uh, Galaxy 20 FE edition for those of you who want the stylus uh, pen and some of the other features that you get with the Galaxy Note phones, uh, but for those of you who don't want to put up the hassle, uh, the Galaxy S20 FE uh, 5G phone is going to more than fit the bill uh, without having to wait the 90 days. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, for those of you willing to put in the extra effort, the Galaxy Note 20 5G deal over at Google Fi 
is a very uh, smart play. But for those of you who just want a no frills, uh, decent budget phone to pick up, the ga- the Galaxy A seventy one five G is a very solid performing phone uh, that you're going to have no issues with that one whatsoever, uh, spec wise, and you're definitely going to be able to get some uh, good value out of that one. So uh, that's where I would uh, leave things off from a cell phone discussion. Uh, the last topic I want to get to was uh, kind of covering over laptops. And the reason why I want to touch laptops, because it's a very difficult uh, uh, space at the moment, given the pandemic and the demand for laptops these days. Now, in terms of laptops, the kind of things I would say to be on the lookout for is making sure that they have uh, an SSD hard drive that will enable faster booting into Windows. Uh, You know, again, Macs are in their own stratosphere pricing wise. So it kind of defeats the purpose. But uh, from a processor speed uh, standpoint, you're looking for at least uh, an Intel i3 processor for AMD. You're looking for at least a Ryzen 3. Now, at those levels, you're probably not going to be computing that much uh, faster than uh, what would have been the bare minimum uh, Celeron processors back in the day. But, you know, you're probably also going to see some laptops selling that have Windows S uh, designations tied to them. Uh, just because a laptop is sold with Windows S, uh, which is a stripped-down version of Windows where you can only launch apps uh, through the uh, Microsoft uh, Store or uh, and just uh, being Microsoft-approved apps only, so you, you're very limited in terms of what you can actually operate on a computer, you can get out of uh, Windows S mode uh with a couple of tutorials online. So if you Google that, you'll be able to get out of it. Um, but, um, you know, the area where I would say by, uh, Oh, see, I, I triggered, uh, I triggered, uh, uh, Google getting activated, but, um, uh, yeah, it, it, of course, someone's texting me, uh, uh, not texting, messaging me about Jordan Aikens busting. Yes, I know Jordan Aikens busted because he dropped the pass in the end zone. Uh, anyway, uh, fantasy talk. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what it kind of comes down to is uh, from a laptop perspective, try to get a processor speed and power uh, because you know, there's just so little uh, opportunity to get uh, laptops at a decent price point with the pandemic. There's just the demand is so high that it it does uh, put a crimp on things. So I would say the best budget laptop going right now in terms of deals would be at Walmart. Uh, And again, I can't believe this brand name's coming up, but uh, Gateway is a name. The original Gateway brand has long since been dead. Uh, This is uh, likely uh, the firm reusing the Gateway brand for name brand recognition, which, again, is more nostalgia than anything else because anyone under the age of 30 has no idea what Gateway is as a computer company. Um, But be that as it may, 
there is an, a Gateway Ultra Slim Notebook model, uh, GWTN14. Uh, uh, 14. Uh, so it's a 14.1 inch uh, laptop that's 1080p uh, resolution. Uh, that's also something you should get a 1080p laptop resolution at this point because of the way a lot of websites uh, and apps are configured. It's just a lot easier than trying to view things on a 720p laptop resolution, which would only be 13, uh, 1368 by 768 resolution. Um, getting that 1080p screen is a lot easier, uh, especially if you're using uh, Excel uh, uh, items uh, for a student, you know, and work wise, I would say 1080p is a must for laptops these days. But uh, yeah, this Gateway Slim Notebook model, uh, i5 processor, 16 gigabytes of RAM, and a 256 SSD drive. That will run you 400 bucks at uh, Walmart. Uh, that's technically the best overall deal I've seen uh, in that price range, uh, given the specs. Uh, that one, uh, that particular model has a fingerprint scanner, HDMI out port, uh, a couple of USB ports, including USB Type-C. The USB Type-C port isn't for charging. It's for data purposes if you're hooking up a cell phone to it, uh, you know, it just, from a spec perspective, that deal makes a ton more sense than uh, some of the other deals uh, that I've seen. Um, there is another uh, Best Buy laptop that keeps going in and out of stock. Uh, that particular model is a cheaper one, uh, but like I said, it keeps going in and out of stock, so I don't know how reliable that one is going to be uh, staying in stock, but it is uh, a Lenovo uh, IdeaPad. Uh, so uh, hold on, I'll get the exact model. Yeah, so this uh, model number I pulled up here is uh, the 81WE11UUS uh, SKU642-6707. So it's the Lenovo IdeaPad 3 15-inch laptop. Uh, it's an i3 processor with only 8 gigs of memory, uh, but a 256 uh, hard drive, uh, SSD hard drive. Uh, and that one goes for, uh, is on sale at Best Buy for 300 bucks. Now, it keeps going in and out of stock for online delivery. It's still available in stores, uh, which, again, uh, you could go that route. I would advise against it but uh you know i would say from a laptop perspective if you pull up uh the idea pad 315 inch laptop on best buy uh you know for the specs uh you can run an i3 processor it wouldn't be that big of a deal uh it's just a little bit slower but it should accomplish day-to-day -day computer tasks if you're not doing anything that's a extremely memory intensive uh you know this will uh, suit the bill if you're just doing basic office tasks. So again, for 300 bucks, this is a very good laptop uh, purchase you can make in this current environment. Uh, you know, there's just so much demand for laptops right now that it's really hard to get a decent price laptop 
uh, for less than the, the sales prices. These would be more normal prices in like uh, any given year. But in the pandemic, everything's been jacked up uh, anywhere from 30 to 40% on laptop prices just because of the demand's just been so high. It's been very hard for manufacturers to keep up. So uh, if you're looking for uh, a laptop to kind of give to someone that is in need of a laptop, I will look to those two options this holiday season. Uh, you know, it's just a kind of fits the build, um, you know, Obviously, folks are using tablets uh, and iPads where they can. You know, certainly there there will be some deals for uh, Wi-Fi versions of iPads uh, for the 10-inch models, uh, and you'll find those on flash sales if you do. Uh, if you use Camel, Camel, Camel uh, to track uh, Amazon prices uh, for. Uh, to track Amazon prices for iPads, you'll find sales occasionally, but laptops are so hard to come by, in my opinion, these days that, you know, the two deals I kind of outlined are kind of a representative of things you could look towards. So uh, that's going to do it for the, the Black Friday edition of uh, the podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys got some useful information out of everything that, uh, you know, Again, these are my uh, feedback of uh, different things I've taken a look at. So, you know, obviously not plugging one brand over another, just giving honest opinions and trying to help folks out where I can. So uh, that's going to do it for the show. But uh, uh, thanks uh, for listening. And until next time, we'll, we'll get back after with a normal uh, episode uh, covering sports and everything else. So uh, take care, everyone, and uh, enjoy the holiday. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.